Welcome to Family Unmuted, where Ruben and Tiana Estrada open the door to their lives as real estate brokers, owners of a family business, parents, and everything in between. This is our world, Unmuted. We're live. All right. Nice. Welcome to Family, family Unmuted. Unmuted. How'd you get the name? I think we are just trying to, you know, spitballing, and I think we all came up with a somewhat of a, a name together, so yeah, we had a lot of names that we liked and a lot of names <laughs> yeah. we didn't like, and for well, some reason... And I think part of the premise was I had a humbling incident. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, now it's coming back to us. Yeah. A little insult to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still hurts. Well, you know, sometimes us women. Well, why don't you tell a little bit about that? Because I think that's great how we came up with a name by somewhat of a mistake that we made. So so go, go through that. Well, and I guess it's kind of a reminder now to not make that mistake again. So I will leave out all details, but... I was having a conversation with somebody um, at a time that I probably should have been being quiet. I was entering a Zoom meeting and I was not muted. And so pieces of that conversation um, popped into the Zoom um, at a not so great time. Mm And I still don't really know what I said, but I know that what I said didn't uh, translate very well. And so it forced me to, not force me, I just, it bothered me. And so I needed to humble myself and apologize to the person um, who was a very important person to me. And um, it was just one of those moments. Kind of like sometimes when you think your phone's off and it's not, or one of those things. And so I think Family Unmuted came from whatever we are saying, we should probably say it as if we were unmuted. Hmm. Yeah, right? I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So we had, so we got the unmuted, the unmuted part the from unmuted you. The unmuted part from me, <laughs> which unfortunately got... is going to remind me of that incident every time we do this podcast. But that's okay. It's a good like, reminder. That's that's my punishment because it was something that um, I regret happening. But um, and I was telling you, I, it wasn't. It was almost like necessary for me to apologize. It was eating at me. Like I had to pull over on the side of the road and actually message this person to apologize because it was bothering me that much. And um, she was gracious and forgiving. Um, so what I learned also from that is apologizing we spent a lot of time trying to strengthen ourselves to apologize and strengthen ourselves to forgive others Um, but I hadn't spent a lot of time learning how to forgive myself and that's an even harder thing to do forgiving yourself for something where you know 100% you were in the wrong um, and not giving yourself an out or an excuse and trying to move forward from that is proven to be difficult Well, I think because you're an accountable person. Um, And I think the accountability piece gets into that. And um, there needs to be a healthy balance of forgiveness and accountability there. 
-hmm. So that's hard to balance. Um, so, but the hard part is when you hold yourself accountable and then you have quote unquote punished yourself, like how do you allow yourself to move forward and not hold on to that and not carry it? It feel it, it feels a lot like when you don't forgive somebody else and it's just mm -hmm. like a weight. I haven't figured out how to forgive myself and kind of release that weight and move on. Well, I think that's that comes with time. Yeah. That's the only thing, the old saying of time will heal. And that's the only, maybe because in time we forget about it. <laughs> um, but I think it just takes time, either the time to um, build up the goodwill that you earned before that, the time to build up trust with the other person again. Um, it just, all those things just take time. So unfortunately, you have to be patient with that and hopefully in time. No, and like I said, get over it. No, no, but like I said, time, she, time, time. No, and this person is a super awesome person, which was one of the reasons why I even sparked this relationship with her is because she was just a really cool person. And so she proved that to be true and that she was very understanding and cool. So it has nothing to do with her forgiveness because I've already gotten that. It's it's my own. So anyway, long Mo story on. short, yes. that is how we got the unmuted part. <laughs> and then family, obviously, like this has become a family business. And this is our life, our real estate life and our family life. And everything mm -hmm. just kind of is one cohesive thing. And so um, really, it's family all day, every day in our business in our home and um the ventures of our kids and so we just it's all that's probably another podcast in itself is how do you work with family how do you mm. work with your spouse that's how do you work one. with your kids how do you work with you know your kids significant others and how do you do all those things and and balance all of that um not offend anyone right yeah yeah that's, that's so always tough just yeah giving people insight into our lives unmuted yep. so yeah cool nice. long answer to a short question so we probably should have started with this what are your guys's names to the people who don't know you ah. uh, i don't even know my name most days <laughs> so <laughs> uh ruben estrada um been in real estate for 23 years um got licensed right out of high school. Um, people asked me how I got into the business and um, it was really about looking at, I wasn't, I didn't want to go to college. Um, all my friends in high school were going to college and that just wasn't the path for me. Um, I felt like I was a, a learning based individual. I wanted to keep learning. I just didn't feel like I would fit into a college environment where it's classroom study, um, it's a lot of book study. Um, and I felt like I just wasn't the classroom type. Um, as I got into real estate and did some training and did classes and, um, I, it was a, a different form of college, um, kind of learning on the fly learning with experience. Um, so I, I think I kind of went that path. It's just, a, it's a little slightly different. Um, and the reason why I got into real estate was I knew that in order to, um, make it make a good living uh, to support my family um, I felt like I had to go into sales hmm. and 
what better way to sell um, something is, you know, everyone needs a place to live and it's probably the biggest sale that anybody's going to have to go through. So I figure those are the two things that, you know, kind of led me to real estate. And I'm so glad I answered that classified ad in the newspaper. I don't know if anybody knows what a classified ad in, <laughs> in a newspaper is, but that's, that's what I did. Went to um, a course and home study and after uh, several times of taking the real estate test, I finally passed. So uh, here we are, twenty-three days or twenty-three years later, and uh, we get to have now my, you know, most of my family here. So yeah. So that's your name, and who are you? Mm-hmm. And who am I? I definitely wear several different hats. Uh, my husband first, father, um, business owner. Um, Currently, basketball coach, a high school referee, um, and I think that's all the hats I wear besides being a, a son, brother, uncle, uh, godfather, all those, all, other other things, yeah, all those other hats that I wear. Um, that's that's who I am. So Nice, nice. Well, my name is Tiana Estrada. I am Ruben's wife for 24 years. Entering our 25th year of marriage, high school sweethearts, got married right out of high school. Um, so my name is Tiana, but I go by mom, mommy, bro, <laughs> dude, Nina, Nini, auntie, um, soon to be Nani. So, um, I prefer all of those names most of the time, uh, but I did not get into real estate immediately, but um, Ruben did, and we learned quickly that given the level of commitment that this business takes, it was going to need to be a family venture, um, and so I got licensed shortly after him and haven't looked back. Nice. Yeah. Well, my name is Nathaniel. Um, I am the son of you two, Ruben <laughs> and Tiana. Our only um, son. Yes, a middle child with two older sisters, two younger sisters. Sort of a blessing and a curse. <laughs> blessing now, curse before. Um, now that we're older, um, I am a soon-to-be husband to um, Chrisanne Redding. Um, very exciting. We're also having a kid in May, so soon to be father, and soon to be real estate professional, just like my parents, um, getting married right out of high school, jumping into the career, um, which is very exciting, and just absorbing all the information I can from their experience, and it's a very um, impactful and fun way to do it. So, and what do you go by? Um, I go by a lot. Yeah, what's your name, Buddy? Yes. Um, that's very special to me because my dad gave me that name. Um, went through it since kindergarten to high school, so everyone that who's close to me knows me by Buddy. Well, and it um, wasn't just like 
Oh, yeah. Some people call me buddy. Like, you insisted that, like, your coaches and your teachers called you buddy. Well, yeah. It started in <laughs> kindergarten when there was two Nathaniels. So, like, uh, Mrs. Kekkinen, uh came through, and she's like, we got to call you something else. Everyone's getting mixed up. Yeah. And then my dad said, buddy. And then I saw on the name tag next day, and it never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so thank you, Ms. Kekkinen. Yes. Yeah. So that's where it started from. And, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Nice little nickname. Yeah. I like it. I'm not Buddy the Elf, but it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> what people say. Or Eric Estrada, who we're not oh, related to. Yep. We actually have a picture with him. Oh, wow. We had a chance to meet him one time at an REO conference. I forgot about that. Remember? Yeah. And we're like, oh my gosh, because everybody always asks us, are you related <laughs> to Eric? And so finally we met him mm-hmm. and got to take a picture. We're still not related to him, but we have a picture with him. Somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. You probably probably got rid of it. He doesn't keep anything. True. (laughs) For those of you who ever want to get Ruben, like, (laughs) an heirloom, don't. Save your money. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to stick around very long. Yeah. Yeah. Try to keep it as simple as possible. Yes. Nice. All right. So to the people who haven't met you. Or had the pleasure to meet you how would you describe yourself if you were your own client mm. first of all would I hire myself <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always a complicated question well you have the highest standards for yourself yeah I mean who am I to as a client well I feel like um, we try to do the best job that we can. Um, and I feel like we are not everything to everyone. Um, we kind of have a specific um, client that we have in mind that we like to do business with um, along the premise of, you know, we want to do business with you, but we also want you to do business with us. And we believe in win-win relationships. And um, if it's a win-lose, then on either side, if it's a win-lose for me, then we don't do business. And if it's a win-lose for them, we don't do business. Um, So we want to be your realtor for life. So we're not transactional. It's not a one-time event. It's a lifelong event. And we treat the relationship um, for the lifetime. So, and we want it to continue past our lifetimes and on to you. So I think that's the way, that's the way we approach our business, um, is trying to be the realtor for life and go through not just a home transaction, um, but a lifelong transaction and helping you through challenges and hopefully you'll help us through challenges and, um, it's, it's being which is the best business possible. It's being in, it's like being in business with your best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the most fulfilling way to, to think about it. So. Um, for me, I don't know. I think that if you didn't know me and you were going to become my client, um, you immediately are going to become a friend because that's just, I mean, I will bring you snacks, coffee if I get some like you're just gonna you're gonna become a friend because this is such a huge transition period for so many people especially if it's their first home and I think that trust is everything 
and um, establishing that trust is is big for me and um, so yeah you're gonna get a friend and uh, I'm really small in stature if you haven't seen me in person I'm very tiny I am five foot and I probably weigh 115 pounds but I can negotiate mm. like a bulldog I'm told mm -hmm. um, so people get that when they work with me too um, but you will also get um, sometimes you'll meet my kids on showings and <laughs> sometimes one of them will have to come to a closing or sometimes I'll have a basketball game and I'll have to show you at four o'clock or seven o'clock um, so you're gonna get the real side of me and and get the mom version of me because that is the only person I know how to be um, so that's how I would explain myself to a client uh, really accurate. Nice. <laughs> yes, I see. Every, I'm walking through your whole process yeah. right now. Um, you mentioned transaction broker, and you don't want to be that. What, what does that mean? Or being oh, transactional. Yeah, transactional. Yep. Yeah, I mean, when we look at the real estate industry as a whole, there are some agents that just want to do as many transactions as possible, and spend as little time. Um, on the relationship that goes along with that. It's just onto the next, onto the next um, kind of mentality and business philosophy. Um, however, over the last 23 years, our business has really evolved into it's getting smaller but more impactful. And um, being more involved, you know, we talk about going deeper rather than wider. Um, so going deeper. Um, from a business point of view, it takes a lot more time because you're spending time, when, when you have an important relationship, you spend a lot of time in that relationship. And um, we had to really decide that together, um, which direction we wanted to go. Do we want to go big and we want to do as many transactions as possible and be less involved in people's lives? Or do we want to go the other direction and do less transactions but be more impactful and have better relationships and be more fulfilled? Because I think that was missing because we did actually do that once um, during the downturn in the last recession. Um, we did a lot of transactions. Um, but a lot of our clients were financial institutions, banks, credit unions, etc., where they really didn't care about relationships. Um, we tried to, you know, create relationships with them, but that wasn't their focus. They were so bombarded and they were so about getting stuff off their balance sheets and, you know, checking boxes and getting things sold that, you know, there wasn't much time to spend on relationships. So um, if, if we had to do it over again, I don't think that's the business model for us. Um, so we'd rather go with less transactions, more impactful relationships and being more fulfilled. Who introduced that business philosophy? I think we just kind of discovered it on our own and honestly it's been kind of, we've evolved in our business and been through very different areas of our business. If you look back over the 23 years, our business can be defined in drastically different ways at certain periods of time. 
Um, but I think what did it for us, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as you all, you older kids, got older, it really, we really started to think about what are we doing here and what kind of legacy do we want to leave for our kids and our family. Um, because for us, you know, we started out with maybe changing the real estate industry and changing how it's done. And it just became more important to us to build a business that we would be proud of to leave to all of you that you would be proud to take on and continue. And I think that for us as a family and our family mantra is just doing right by people. And the only way for us to continue in our business would be to do right by people. And in our mind, I think that's just being their friend who happens to buy and sell, help them buy and sell real estate. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. How how hard is it to keep that mindset? How is it so... Because when you get into the industry, a lot of people would do it for the money. And less transactions mean less money you make. So how hard is it to switch that mindset and keep it consistent knowing that you won't have that many transactions? Well, I, um, I don't know if it's correct to assume that you won't have that many transactions because when you create an experience that people go through um, that drives everything and then when someone has an incredible experience or an incredible relationships they want more people that they care about to experience the same things hmm. so that creates referrals for you and um, I mean that's what we've been blessed with is I mean all of 2022 um, we didn't have to pick up the phone once to, you know, call strangers to get business um, or prospect is another term for that. Um, all of the business that came to us this year, they came to us and they called us when there was a time of need. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's that's the beauty of it. And that's the magic, if if you will, of creating experiences and relationships that people want to be a part of. Well, and I think it wasn't really much of a mind shift for us um, simply because we've seen in so many areas of our life, we're obviously people of faith, we're a family of faith, and we've just always believed that if you do the right thing, the right thing happens to you. And um, every day that we wake up and just try to do the right thing and do right by people, um, it just comes full circle and somehow magically happens. And so when your goal is not the money, money just becomes kind of a byproduct of what it is you're doing. Um, and we've been blessed enough to be able to increase the amount of money that we've made doing something that we love without even trying. Um, so I think if you're just focused on doing the right thing, the reward comes to you some way somehow I know how but yeah <laughs> yeah but. did you think that going into real estate like well, no. before you got your, nope. no <laughs> no absolutely no. not like I if mean, we're being a hundred percent honest it was how can I make the most amount of money quickly with yeah. the least amount of time needed to learn how to do it mm -hmm. was really it was like 
we're getting married, we're going to have a family, we want to be present in our kids' lives, what is the one thing we can do to do that? And it was real estate. So yes, getting into real estate was immediately what pays me the most without being a lawyer or a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what did you think of the of real estate before you got into it? Because people have this, there's like this negative stereotype in the industry of realtors. Mm-hmm. Did you think that you were going to become one of them? Did you think you were going to change it? Like, what did you think of it before getting into it? I had the total stereotypical image of a realtor in my mind before we became real estate agents and that, oh, I'm going to drive this really nice car and I can go wherever I want to go and I don't have to work on the weekends and I can wear the nice clothes and I'm just going to drive around and look at pretty houses and Mm. not have to work Mm -hmm. very much. Like that's, that's what I thought it was. (laughs) <laughs> For me, I was just young and dumb. I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even think that was possible. I just. Well, but I, you knew because some of our friends' parents. Yeah. Were realtors, but and, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't. I mean, but I mean, you saw, like you said, you saw them at the games. You yeah. saw them take them to school and pick them up from school. That is something that we didn't have, as kids, and so that for us was attractive. Like, oh. They have flexibility, mm-hmm. and they are they do have the nice car, and our friends were well off, and you know we we're like, well, maybe that's the answer. So initially, yeah, yeah that is not we didn't get in it to we're going to change the world. <laughs> no, it was no. very much we're out of high school. We got to do something. Mm. This is what we're doing, and luckily for for us, it just happened to be something that we really fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. Was the commission a scary part? Especially when raising like a family right out of high school, like it's, yes, I did. I I mean, it was it was a lot of pressure. Yeah, um, especially being a nineteen year old kid, didn't even own a home, and I'm selling homes. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Um, so I my learning curve had to be pretty steep, and being commissioned, wow, that's that's tough. Um, and it, it it was tough for a long time. Like a commission lifestyle is no walk in the park. And thankfully, you know, we had a lot of conversations about it because if your significant other is not on board, it's going to be a huge challenge because when you first get into real estate and you're just learning commission, it is very easy to get that big paycheck and go get all the things that you've been waiting for. And then another one doesn't come. And then now you're borrowing or now you're whatever. And we, we had some very, very, very hard years, Mm -hmm. like very hard years. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's hard, but I look back now and we've never known any different. For us, it wasn't a choice. We didn't have a plan B or something else to fall back on. So we just had, we literally had to make it work. Who helped you make it work? I know you guys went to Keller Williams. Was that a big part in your career? Like, how big of a role did that play? Uh, huge. I yeah. mean, um, without Keller Williams, I mean, that's, that was the foundation. Um, and we're, 
grateful for that experience. Um, you know, if I ever had, I think if we ever went away from a Strata real estate group as an independent, um, I think that would be the company of choice to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that was instrumental in our in our career. I think without that, we would have struggled even more. Um, so. Did you just stumble across it one day, or like, how? What brought you to it? Yeah. No, um, actually, another classified ad. You're in the my early twenties, so um, so old. <laughs> grandpa I've back then. Always been so old. Oh gosh, uh, I answered an ad to be a buyer's agent for a team because um, I tried commission on my own and. I mean, being on my own, um, I just felt like I didn't know enough. So I uh, decided to, to uh, join a team, and uh, that particular team I was with for a long time. Um, and then just sort of uh, felt like I grew out of that role, and then uh, bounced around with a couple different teams, and then um, the recession hit and nobody was selling real estate. Uh, so I had to pivot there, made another relationship. Um, went with through, who? With uh, ex-business partner, Tom. Um, he was gracious to give me an opportunity to sell foreclosed properties. And uh, we did that for a while, um, built some pretty big things there. And then, uh, then we decided to go independent and here we are. I love how you talk about your journey like it's just a little blip. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was. It's just, it's 23 just years. Oh, just yeah, not yeah, a blip. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean by that is, of course, my husband, as those of you who know him that are listening to this know, he is humble sometimes to a fault. Um, but in those times, I mean, you especially when you had your relationship with Tom and and we were all business partners in what I consider a very large scale business. Um, We had multiple locations, you franchised, you built an outsourcing company, Um, you did a lot of things there. And I think it exposed us to a different side of business that, showed us some things that we would like to bring into our business and keep and things that we never want to come into our business. Huge learning experience there, but we talk about it all the time. We just talked about it the other day that if it was not for Keller Williams and for Tom, there would be no Estrada Real Estate Group. Mm. And we are forever, forever grateful um, for that. Who is Tom? Who, who's this guy you guys, you guys are talking about? <laughs> oh, gosh. There's no way to explain Tom. <laughs> you just have to meet Tom to, to get a full understanding of who Tom is. And uh, um, I'm blessed to call him my friend, and uh, he's pretty close to me. So we still stay in touch. Not as um, often as we both would like, but um, we've he's in another state now, and um, busy doing other things and I'm busy with you guys and <laughs> so unfortunately life gets in the way but um, well, I just think that if you're lucky enough in life to have even one person come in it come into your life that can change it in ways that um, 
Tom did for you and us. And that's a blessed life. Everybody needs a Tom in their life. Everybody needs a Tom in their life. <laughs> well, didn't Tom save you from the job? What do you mean? Did it? I remember there's a story where your dad fired you, and oh, then Tom yes. saved you. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. There's oh. no, he did fire me once. That's a whole, like I said, that's a whole other podcast. How to work with your spouse. <laughs> and that, that we can go into that. So let's save that as a. Just push it back. To be continued. Yes. So. Tom did save me, though, for the record. How important is networking in real estate or in life? And like, I know a, a couple of days ago you're talking about how whether you like it or not, your life is a database. Well, let me ask you this, because you've watched, especially your dad, but you've watched both of us. How important do you think networking is? Well, it goes back to the conversation a few days ago where we in order for just humans in general we have to have conversations and conversations lead to networking so whether you intend to or not it's you're always networking you're always meeting new people and you're always creating a better relationship with the people you know well i think networking gets a really bad reputation and for good reason mm -hmm. i mean there's some pretty not so great networking entities and, and groups and things out there that kind of give it that bad reputation kind of like it is in real estate mm -hmm. um but i think just life in general is one big networking event like you're just trying to meet new people that click with you and sometimes you're for people and you're not for everybody and that's okay but um i think that if you met too many people in your life then that's a good problem to have well, I think it comes down to what your intention is. Yes. What is your intention of networking? Is it your is it just self-serving where I'm there to network and I'm there to get business for me? That mm -hmm. is what ruins networking for everybody else. If you take a different approach and you say, I'm going to go network and I'm going to see who I can help, mm -hmm. then that's different. And I think if, it, if more people have that mentality and philosophy with networking, quote unquote, then I think we'd all be better off. Mm -hmm. But we don't. It's it's all it's usually selfish. Um, but yeah, I did mention that to you. I said you know every everything comes down to relationships. Everything comes down to managing our relationships, which we manage relationships through a database because. Um, we just we we don't want to forget anybody. I mean, um, mm -hmm. so we we do that. But I I mean, if you go for a job interview and you happen to know the other person that's going to be hiring you, don't you think you have an advantage because you have that relationship in place already? Mm -hmm. Probably. Um, when you go and look for a job and you know you, you ask your friends and family who do you know that's hiring, well, that's that's networking. That's relationships. So in every every facet of life, it's networking and relationships. That's what it comes down to. So mm -hmm. we can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. Social media, what do you think that is? That's a huge network mm -hmm. of people, right? So I don't see any other way around it. No, I agree. And, and when you go back to intention, it's I, I attend a lot of networking events. And more often than not, I hear people say, well, I'm just or I just do 
or mm-hmm. you know and they kind of discount what it is they do and it strikes a chord with me because I feel like everybody no matter what it is if you think you're having the worst day ever or the best day ever I'm a believer that everybody is where they are supposed to be right now and no matter what you do for a living if you have a nine to five if you're an entrepreneur if you whatever it might be you have value to bring to somebody else because nobody else does it the way that you do it and so that's conversations I try to have with a lot of people in my networking events is no don't just say you just bake cookies I don't bake cookies for I Mike I can make two kinds of cookies and sometimes they're okay if I left the butter out long enough you make cookies and you do it in a way that creates an income for you and you know what there is to know about cookies that that's valuable so nobody ever just does something and so I think coming to terms with whatever it is you're doing and understanding that you're unique to that and you have a unique perspective around that you always have something to bring to the table I think everybody always has something to bring to the table and you should approach networking in that way I I think that goes uh, along with having a purpose yeah so if going back to the cookie example baking cookies for somebody has purpose yeah First of all, you're probably baking it for somebody for a special occasion. Could be anniversary, could be a birthday, it could be funeral, it could be holidays. Some holidays. I mean, mm-hmm. with cookies, your your purpose to make somebody feel good. Yeah, like somebody's gonna bite into that and smile. Right. Most likely dead. <laughs> I've had a lot of cookies in my life. Yes. And I smile every time. <laughs> That's what I was at Tina for the box of cookies last night. Uh, but, um, yeah, that sucks. I mean, that's. <laughs> think about it. But going no, back to the example. To, your is, point to it is. Yeah, every business has a purpose. Yes. And you really need to embrace that purpose, or you shouldn't be in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I think you need to look at it that way and and just once you have a purpose that's meaningful and fulfilling and um, then you should be telling everybody about it because mm-hmm. you're probably solving a problem and you're probably creating an experience that has value so and if you can do both even better well and I think knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know that's like a, it's like a Keller thing you know what you know you need to know what you don't know and there's a lot of people who will enter either networking or just any relationship and just kind of BS their way through it. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. And then you, you make yourself miserable. Like, it's what we've learned in business, too, is it's okay to say, I don't know, you should probably ask this person. Or I don't know, but I will find out. Like, when you create this sort of BS version of your business... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It falls apart really it's quickly because you can't yeah. keep up with it. Yeah. And so knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and whatever it is you don't know, finding the people who do know that to offer that as a resource to people, I think is just as important. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. 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 How, like, so networking and I feel like branding go hand in hand. How do you think important branding is to networking? 
Well, my definition of branding is reputation. When I think of branding and I think of reputation, and it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not interchangeable, or it is interchangeable. It's like you you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think of my brand, um, I think about what people think about me. Am I a reputable person? Am I a professional? Um, am I trustworthy? Um, do I have integrity? Um, what's my character like? I think that's what creates your brand, not some logo and a slogan at the bottom. Um, and you try to, you know, get it out to the masses. Um, so I think brand that's, that's branding for me is one-on-one relationships and how you treat people. That's your brand. Mm -hmm. So branding is, as a package, right? Like I'm sitting here and I see, you know, we have the napkins and the cups and the stress balls and all the things. Why do we do that? Well, we do that because it triggers a certain thought for somebody when they see that. When somebody sees our last name, what do they think? I know what I want them to think, and so that's why I show up every day at work and I'm trying to plus it and and become better. I want people to say, oh yeah, the Estradas, they're the ones who da-da-da-da-da. And going back to the beginning of this podcast, that is probably the biggest reason why I am still so upset over that incident Mm. and that I don't want that to be what's associated with me now and my brand Mm -hmm. because it is so far from anything I I want to be perceived as Um, so yeah it's it's a package deal so you, you can't just focus on the logo and what it looks like it's the same thing with say Pepsi and Coke there's a reason why people drink Pepsi and there's a reason why people drink Coke you look for the can first and you're like oh okay I know that's Pepsi or I know that's Coke but when you see it I'm like I don't want Pepsi because it's super sweet I don't want that that's the reputation they have for me so it's it's the same thing mm-hmm. there's a reason why people eat Chick-fil-a chicken and I mean we mm-hmm. had this conversation <laughs> right so yeah it's basically you know <laughs> It's the brand. Is it is it good? Is I mean, will it do the job? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, is you know what's behind the brand? You know what does the brand stand for? And then that's probably the difference between somebody buying your product or doing business with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. You said you want your reputation to be seen as professional. Why is that so important? Um, professional. Um, Professional is a is a way to self-reflect. Um, I have the goal of being professional every day. Um, that means, you know, getting up, having a purpose, um, doing your job, and doing it the best way that you can on a daily and consistent basis. Um, and professional is not just a professional business owner or professional realtor. It's a professional father. It's a professional husband. Um, It's a professional in all relationships that you have. So professional is not, it's a a trigger for me in that it's just another way to to say you're going to be the best that you can be. Hmm. When did you become 
a professional have you reached that no i that's <laughs> one of those things where <laughs> like because because we talk about real estate professional and how mom doesn't like to be seen as a realtor but a real estate professional so when does one aspect of your life become professional and the others don't what do you think you would have the same characteristics in all aspects i think for me for me personally as far as professional it's how you handle yourself how you look how you interact with people um so for me as far as in my work i want people to feel special like i want people to think or see tiana dressed up for us today tiana put herself together today tiana washed her car and isn't driving around and you know whatever so i want my clients to feel special because they are and i want to make sure that i'm communicating that to them and the same with this office space i want it to be a professional environment so that if someone in our co-working space or a client just decides to stop by or even my other children stop by. I want them to see where we work every day as a professional environment and we're committed to creating a special experience for anybody who interacts with us. And sometimes I get teased about it. There are some clients out there, some of my greatest friends who are clients and friends who tease me. They're like, why, why do you have your heels on today? Why are you wearing a jacket? You didn't need to do that for me today. I'm like, but I did. Because what a client signifies in our personal life deserves that in my eyes. Um, so that's why I do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes into some industries, you know, professional. I mean, you don't want your surgeon showing up in sweats, mm -hmm. right? You should be in some scrubs or, you know, getting ready to go into surgery. I mean, that's how I perceive a professional surgeon. And an attorney, I mean, you don't want him coming in in shorts and flip-flops into court to represent you. So mm -hmm. um, so image is definitely uh, part of professionalism. Um, so maybe I should probably step up a little <laughs> bit. So I'm trying. No, you are. Yes. <laughs> You're so resistant. Yeah, I am. So, I'm working on that. Well, we had, a, we had a conversation a few months ago where you feel more fulfilled wearing a suit yeah i do um it makes me feel good it makes me mm -hmm. feel like more professional it gives me energy if it's i mean it's kind of a weird thing but the more professional i dress up um the more energy i have the more excited i am um and the more productive mm -hmm. i am and i think the premise to that is it, it, it's a feeling, right? It it's feeling. not necessarily it's a, a definition like this is exactly for for you. It's a different definition for me. It's a different definition, de different definition. But I think if you're aware of I want to be the professional in what I do today and whatever that looks like for you, then that's what you need mm -hmm. to be doing. And everybody has a different different idea mm -hmm. of what that is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so. It's hard in the real estate industry to dress in a suit all day when you're not making million dollar deals. How do you balance that? Why why wouldn't you wear a suit every day that brings value or more value than days that you don't wear a suit? When you asked that question, it, it triggered this old uh, sales training that we had in that 
it's the have to be versus the be to have. So the have to be means I have to have something. I have to have a lot of money to be a professional. That's the wrong way to look at it. You actually have to be the professional in order to have it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the be to have versus the have to be, that's, I don't care if you, you know, go to Goodwill and get shirt, tie, jacket, slacks, and shoes, and you look professional, and that makes you a professional in your eyes, I don't think you have to, you know, do big deals or have a lot of money in order to, to be professional. Well, I think it's the mentality of your clients. You know, we talked about that a few months ago as well in the same conversation that if you go to a $200,000 house in a suit, would they be intimidated? Hmm. I don't know. I've never asked them. <laughs> Maybe you should carry a pair of jeans and shirt in your car and you go there dressed up and say, I'm in a suit and tie. Is that okay with you? Mm -hmm. Or would you prefer that I go change and get some more casual clothes on? But if I go in and I'm like, hey, I'm in a shirt and jeans. Do you mind if I go change my clothes <laughs> and get professional? Mm -hmm. I think you need to go. You need to go with the suit first, mm -hmm. and then change versus the other way. <laughs> well, and sometimes a client will tell you, yeah, like, like, like please don't wear a suit anymore, right? And you're like, cool, well, got mm -hmm. it, yep. But I would rather, like you said, yep. go the other way around because you mm -hmm. only get one chance for a first impression. You do, and we want to make the best first impression that we can. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And just to answer your question, like there's there's some legit deals at Goodwill, so don't knock it. <laughs> I I wanted to go shopping. I would there. suggest everybody actually start there. Yeah. Yep. Because I I change sizes so fast <laughs> it's not worth spending <laughs> hundreds of dollars on suits when I just have to go take them out in months. So, <laughs> or whatever that's called. I don't even know what it's called. I need elastic suits. If anybody knows where to get them, Ew. let no, me know. Nope. Nope. We're not doing that. Uh, nope. Nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> can't even get past my next question. <laughs> um, when you dress up, you provide. You feel like you provide more value. How important is bringing value to anything you do? Oh, it's everything. Um, I mean, that's that's what makes me get up in the morning. Um, if I'm not going to provide value to someone, including myself, um, then it's very difficult to get up. So I think that's the beauty of having a lot of kids and having a big family is that you, you, you don't live for yourself. Um, you live for other people. And, you know, if I was especially you just being my wife and if I felt like I wasn't having, adding any value to your life <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't be married and I probably wouldn't blame you for it but um, yeah I mean I geez you probably hear it so much mm -hmm. growing up in our home uh, I mean, that was our mantra that's that's like that's how we breathe that's like oxygen mm -hmm. in our home it's like are you, what's your value? Are you adding value? Mm -hmm. um, gosh. Yeah, and everything. I mean, I think the conversations we've had with you older kids and even 
even Libby now, it's, you know, what value are you bringing to your friendships? What value are you bringing Mm -hmm. to student council? What value are you bringing to your boyfriend or girlfriend? What value are you bringing to your first job and your second job? Like, it's always been what value are you bringing? And I think for us, the word value in our, our mind just brings are you showing up and doing your best? Are you bringing your best to everything? Because your best is valuable. And so you can inter- you can swap those words because it's always been about bringing your best. Well, and, and you have value. And the other person has value. Um, and then I think giving other people opportunity to give value to you. So being the receiver of value has always kind of been a struggle for us. struggle for us and we've worked on that and um it's still a challenge because we we feel like the more we give the better value we have but actually it's the more you learn to receive um because of your, your the value that you give so the value is reciprocated yeah. and it, mm-hmm. there's just a certain magic in that that we can't just be a one way well yeah because we have to understand what we get from giving is also what other people get from giving right and there we you take go. that away yes. from them yeah. okay. by not by not receiving but we're horrible horrible receivers um and that is something okay so i'll take notes i need to work on receiving and i need to work on self-forgiveness mm. two things yeah <laughs> how are we doing on time because it's getting a little long. Yeah. So for the endings of the podcast, I think we should just end off in these two quick questions. What is the biggest lesson you've learned throughout your career for each of you? And what are you grateful for that you provided in this industry? Mm. I mean, those are, could be... Just quick, just just a quick... What was the first thing that pops to your head? Okay, read the first question again. What is the biggest lesson you learned throughout your career? Do what you say you're going to do. It's a good lesson. Um, That goes back to the, maybe the integrity part. Um, The biggest lesson... in business, maybe in a life too, is this one C word that drives me crazy and it's consistency. If I was to do one thing consistently, (laughs) (laughs) it would be consistent. I mean, that's... (laughs) It's... It's such uh, a weird word to it, describe. It is, but it, it it's the hardest it, thing. Every it, everything evolves around consistency, and well, it's the cons- hardest thing to do. Yeah. Well, consistency is a commitment, mm-hmm. and so those go hand in hand. So, how mm. committed are you? And it speaks to your commitment and things. Mm-hmm. So, what was your second question? What are you grateful for? For in in the industry? Oh. Mm. What am I grateful for in the industry? I am grateful for the relationships that this industry have given me. Um, Fellow real estate agents, lenders, coaches, mentors, 
um, clients, I am, I'm most grateful for the relationships that this business has given me. No, I did all that. That's, um, we've met some incredible people through being in the, in this industry. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. That's something that was a huge bonus mm -hmm. that you don't think about when you get into, into real estate is all the amazing people that you meet with, interact with, struggle with, um, cry with, cry with, laugh with, um, all those things that are incredible. It's an incredible way to live. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for all the challenges too. I mean, I think you got to embrace that stuff and take the bad with the good. Um, and I think that helps you through life and helps you, you know, parent better and, um, and all the aspects of your life. Running a good business is like running a good family and still need to work on it, I guess. So nice. Well, family unmuted. There we go. <laughs> Episode one in the books. All right. Nice. Cool. Catch you on the next one.